Dr. Ruth says it's important to practice safe crypto. I don't even know what accent that was. <laughs> Should you buy high and sell low? And it's an ether party all up in the house as we welcome Kevin Hobbs to the show. On your marks, get set, wait for it, crypto. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. It's episode number 19, and your favorite blockchain blockheads are here in the house with you. I'm Joel Kamm, a author, speaker, and eternal 12-year-old, and along with me for this crypto ride is none other than marketing technologist and author, Mr. Travis Wright. Hello, T. Yes, yes, yes. I am also an author and a speaker and a marketing folk. So that's what's great about this is Joel and I have a unique way of distilling complex information and making it hopefully fun and enjoyable and entertaining and informative. So yes, episode 19, we and are basically, here. basically, we really don't know what we're talking about. So if we get it wrong, feel free to write us. But if you're going to write us, you got to earn the right to write. You got to fight for your right. Say it. To write us. <laughs> that was okay. Uh, but um, subscribe. Please, if you're not subscribed already, please click subscribe or sign up or wherever the buttony thing is. And we love to hear from you. Our bad crypto bat line is 708 885 9030. It's a great place for you to call in, ask your questions, leave your comments. And uh, of course, we're still looking for some crypto chicks that will call us just to record their voices saying, stay bad. So we can use you at the end of the show for that. I don't mean use you. That that just came out. I, I almost called you on that. I was wrong. like, whoa. Yeah, Joe, I called that myself. Seems, that seems my my, my little wrong. red light on the my brain dashboard went <laughs> off. You know, boop, boop, boop. No, yeah. no. No bueno. We don't want to use you. We would love to hear from you. And the sound of your voice uh, finishing the show would delight not only us, but also the rest of our listeners. So with that said... Let's go to the bat phones and take this question. All right, hey Joe and Travis, really love the show. This is uh, uh, this is Jeffro Wilson uh, down here in uh, Arkansas, and uh, I just want to say uh, love what you guys are doing. A little confused about uh, how to keep all my crypto safe uh, with the wallets and whatnot. Uh, and so curious about that. How do you protect yourself uh, to make sure that, you know, the money don't get stolen? I mean, this is, you know, it's kind of concerning. Jeffro, I call shenanigans that <laughs> I call hashtag fake question. Um, <laughs> Travis, actually, it's not a fake question. We uh, we didn't we have so many people asking us questions around security and wallets so rather than play all of them we're just gonna try to cover this uh this would be the dr ruth part of practicing safe crypto i like if somebody could do an entomology on the wordology of what i just said and come up with what accent is that actually closest related to i would be fascinated by it uh, but we've got some tips 
and uh, things that you need to know to protect yourself and your monies. What's the first thing that people should be aware of, Travis? Um, Je- well, Jeff Rowe. Jeff, Jeff Rowe. Um, really, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you are off the exchanges, right? So once you trade for these coins, you want to get them off of those exchanges immediately and get them into an offline wallet, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of different ways to do that. Now, I own a hardware wallet that's called a uh, Ledger Nano S. There's another one called Trezor, T-R-E-Z-O-R, and it makes it easy to store Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, and a number of other tokens. Both of them are less than $100, I believe, and they're always coming out with new models. My disappointment with the ledger is that it only lets me hold about five different currencies, even though they have the wallet software to do more. I haven't tried a Trezor yet, but I think I'm going to get one. Have you ordered one? I have ordered my Trezor. I have not received my Trezor. I ordered it just because it sounds closest to Travis. Ah, I like that. Uh, Number two is bookmark the crypto sites that you use for any exchanges or online wallets. That way you don't have to worry about typing them in incorrectly because there are all kinds of phishing sites. We've talked about in the past, for example, for myetherwallet.com, if you type in, if you see a link because allegedly somebody from the company is contacting you and you don't roll your mouse over, you might miss out that the T in Ether is actually an L that takes you to a duplicated site that looks exactly like my Ether wallet. And if you're not aware of that and you upload your key and your password, guess what? You've just given a thief um, access to your complete wallet, which they will proceed to empty. And I just noticed that on the page we're going to link where we're pulling these um, these tips from, it's actually on Groove HQ. Uh, it's a My Ether Wallet page. They now have a Chrome extension designed to present, prevent you from going to phishing links. So I'm actually going to click and install that right this minute from the Google Chrome store. That is a good idea. I actually, I bookmark all of my crypto sites as well. I use this tab feature on Chrome. Uh, what is it called? It's called uh, something tab. What is it? Great deal. It doesn't, it literally doesn't say its name of what it's called anywhere on it. That's, that's brilliant. What is it called? Um, or is that thing Toby called? Jeff oh, there it is. It's called Toby's tab. And uh, I use this, and what I do is I actually bookmark all of my different things. So I have my bad crypto podcast here. I have all my, my crypto ones because just like you don't want to click on Blitrix, right? Just like we talked about a few episodes ago where it looks like Bitrix, but somebody made, an, somebody made a website with an L instead of an I. And so then you go to Blitrix, which is they're basically then grabbing your login information and logging in, selling all your stuff, and then running off into the uh, into the woods with your with your money so you don't want that to happen so you know bookmark them that way you know where they are you can go to them make a little folder like like joel just said the new chrome extension will prevent you from going to those phishing links as well and there's a lot of tips on here we're just going to cover a couple more but go to the show notes at badco.in forward slash zero one nine and you'll see a link to this my ether wallet article um here's a couple more that you want to uh not trust messages or addresses or urls that are sent via private message you always want to verify the source so if you get a message from slack for example for a certain uh token that you're following go to that slack 
back and ask, is the information in this legit? And they'll tell you if it's not. And one other thing uh, before we finish out answering this, turn on 2FA, which is two-factor authentication for everything you do online. There's a simple Google authenticator that connects to your Google account. And whenever you go to buy, sell, transfer funds, you have to actually open up your phone, go to the authenticator, take the six digits that like expire every 30 seconds or something and type them into the site. So even if somebody does log into your account without having your authenticator password and that app that's tied to your Google account, they won't be able to do anything. Absolutely. And always make sure to double check the URL. Make sure the site you're landing on is actually the site you want to. And if you have any questions about that when you're doing your research on this type of stuff, I always do this as well. But just always Google the service name or the coin name plus scam plus reviews. Do your own due diligence. Protect yourself. And now the news. And speaking of being stolen from and being safe and secure with your coins, there's an article that just came out on VentureBeat.com by Julian Hosp. Uh, looks like he is with 10X. And the article title is The ICO World is Full of Pump and Dump Schemes. Don't be a victim. Have you had a chance to read this one through, Travis? Uh, I did. I, I noticed it whenever it uh, when it came out. And it's got some really good good information in there, right? So it's like... You know, you got to do your research and make sure that everything is is legit. So, is the coin on CoinMarketCap.com, right? Is the ICO listed on these various tracking sites? Uh, you know, so there's a lot of folks out there that are that are pumping and dumping, and um, you know, you can easily pump and dump and get humped and uh, <laughs> lose <laughs> lose your money, and that's not good. So there there are a lot of worthless, you know, ICOs that you know there might even be some publicly known people out there backing it, but got to do your own research these youtubers and podcasters like us and bloggers you know they're out there pumping and dumping and that's one of the things that we do not want to do if we have anybody on our show we're going to let you know if it's a sponsored deal or not we're not trying to we're not trying to you know make something blow up and go to the moon and then sell it on you like a lot of these people are on some of these youtube sites and some of these bloggers are so you got to be diligent that's right. And this is really interesting. This story uh, came out here recently. It originated on CNBC, but the article we located on Hypebeast talks about how a fast food joint is launching its own cryptocurrency. Uh, you know which one it is, so I won't ask you to guess, but everybody's probably wondering now, is it Wendy's? Is it McDonald's? Is it Taco Bell? No bueno. It is the king, baby. Burger King is launching its own crypto but only in russia right so it's a it's a it's the must, whopper coin must, must to be in russia in order to, to purchase the whopper coin the ultimate show is whopper coin <laughs> very good ultimate show so um, how's this going to work what do you you know you're in russia and you go to this burger king and you want to buy a sandwich what does the whopper coin do so the whopper coin looks like it's going to well it's, it's for one first of all it's it's uh, getting full support from waves which is a popular crypto uh, rival of Ethereum. And so the Whopper is, if you are interested, if you have some of these Whopper coins, then it looks to me like you are going to be able to go into uh, Russia's uh, Burger King and use the Whopper coin app that is launching in September. So they're going to verify how many Whopper coins you have, and they are going to, uh, you're going to well, be doing it looks, Whopper it looks transactions. Like 
you earn Whopper coins when you buy a sandwich. So it's a reward token, but I don't know if it's clear on what you can cash it in for. I'm not sure what the utility is other than an interesting um, loyalty. You are right. You are right. So this is actually every time you buy a Whopper, you... It's actually a, it's sort of a uh, you're being rewarded for being a consumer of this brand. So I wonder if that's going to pick up anymore. Well, I was actually having an interesting conversation on Facebook about that the other day. Like if some of these brands like Apple and, uh, you know, Facebook and some of these other ones actually rewarded us for our loyalty with crypto that we earned over time, gaining wealth for buying their shit. I uh, I don't eat that stuff. I really don't. I, it, it doesn't make me feel good. But if we had some merchants, fast food joints here doing it, I would go in just to, you know, I want to see. I want to, okay, how does this work? How do I get the currency? What can I do um, with it? Now, I've been discovering an interesting trend, uh, you know, in the crypto realm that's very volatile. And we see some massive ups and downs, even amongst the primary coins. And I remember back when we were getting into this around June 11th, Bitcoin hit an all-time high of $3,000 a Bitcoin. Shortly after that, just over a month, more than that, it plummeted down to as low as somewhere in the 1800s. And here we are now, um, you know, changing months from August to September, and we've seen Bitcoin hit as high as $4,700. Now, there's a trend that I see here, because what happened with Ethereum, Travis? Well, this is happening with a lot of these top ones, right? It goes and it hits an all-time high, then it does a little dip, then it does a little all-time high, then it does a little dip. It's kind of like what dip. happens. It's kind of like what happens with us, right? Every every Friday and Saturday we have a little dip. Every Monday and Tuesday we reach an all-time high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's it is interesting. Uh, Litecoin. So Bitcoin hit four hundred, or not Bitcoin. Ethereum hit four hundred in June. Went down as low as I actually saw like hundred and thirty eight dollars. Hundred thirty eight was what I saw. Yeah, briefly. And as of the end of August, we've seen it hit three hundred and eighty, almost back to those highs again. Litecoin, very similar. We saw in early July it hit fifty one dollars. Two weeks, less than two weeks later, as low as thirty eight. And where's it at now? Uh, six weeks later. Boom, now it's at $64, right? So it's almost like, oh, here's an all-time high. Oh, about a month or so or a couple of weeks to a month later, boom, it's low. Then about another two to six weeks later, boom, it's at an all-time high again. That's what's been happening since June, which is interesting. My personal strategy is from the has been from the beginning and continues to be that I'm in this for a long-term play. And I think what happens is especially new people come in, often they'll buy at the high and then they see it losing value and they panic and they sell. Now, it's very possible it could go to zero and and selling at that point might have been the right decision. But what we are seeing from uh, the trends so far is that it usually bounces back and finds a new high. In fact, in the major coins, I think almost across the board, that's what we've seen. So this is where hodling, H-O-D-L, holding on for dear life, comes into play. That if your mindset is such that, um, like Jihan Wu of Bitmain Confident says that Bitcoin will be valued at $100,000 in five years. This story from Cointelegraph.com. 
Absolutely. So there's been a lot of folks out there that have said, you know, we've heard by the year 2025 maybe or 2030 that it'll be worth a half a million dollars. Uh, we heard John McAfee say that if it's not, you know, worth half half a million dollars in, what, two or three years that he's going to cut off his junk. Um, we've heard this guy right here say that in three years uh, or in five years it's going to be worth $100,000 a coin. And, you know, so – who knows? There's a lot of folks out there that are making a lot of, they got their wizard hat on apparently, their your crystal ball is full effect, they're able to see what's going on in the future. But we can, if you look historically at how this has worked, I mean right now we're at an all-time high of $4,600. It tells me that most likely we're going to have a dip here coming up, right? We're going to have a pretty substantial dip, probably, you know, who knows, at least back to 4000 or 3800 3700 I mean, it it's not just going to keep going up and going up and going up and going up without dropping down, and but it's got to drop down, gather some steam, and then pop back up again, right? So, maybe, maybe. Knows? We don't know. Hey, guys, know, this man. show is purely entertainment. Make your own financial decisions. Do your own due diligence. Don't do anything because we say to do it where your money is involved. But do stick around for our feature interview today with Kevin Hobbs because it's an ether party. Here it comes. And also joining us today is uh, Kevin Hobbs, who is the CEO of the Van Bex Group. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Hey, Joel. How's it going? Excellent. Glad good today? Good, good. I'm glad you could join us here today for an ICO Spotlight interview. This is a uh, series that we've begun that goes a little deeper into specific uh, companies that are doing coin or token offerings either presently or in the near future that we just we think are interesting and we want to provide full disclosure to our audience and to the powers that be that while we carefully vet the companies that we do bring in for these interviews in order to uh, bring them in this is a sponsored piece of content both Travis and I are being compensated for this piece but please know that there are companies that come to us that we will not work with them because we don't think that what they're doing brings value in this we have case turned so many down already actually thousands sorry about that guys but yeah. uh, you're not that cool. we turned down that bad coin thing that wanted to go public <laughs> bad right well, bad. i'm happy that you guys chose us <laughs> that's good we, yeah we chose you uh and actually um Kevin's group is, uh, he's part of a team that um, they work with a number of different companies that are having coin offerings. But today, the one we want to talk about is one that their team is actually launching themselves, and it's called the Ether Party. The website is etherparty.io. And I know, Travis, you have a song for this. We right? do have a song. Ether Party, you can buy if you want to. <laughs> buy if you want to. <laughs> I love it. That, that was great. We, that's a good one. That's not too That's shabby. a really good one. That That is a five-star uh, oh, musical oh, interlude that's, parody. That's good right there. Throwing uh, it so down. The website is etherparty.io, and, and uh, when you go there, it says the power of Ethereum in the palm of your hand. And, of course, Ethereum, the episode we did on Ethereum called Welcome to the Ethereum is our most popular episode. So this is People really loves the It loves the Ethereums. It does. So, Thanks. Kevin – Tell us what is EtherParty. Sure. I mean, simply put, EtherParty is a portal to the blockchain that allows anybody to kind of take the power of Ethereum to create smart contracts, but you don't have to be a coder or a programmer to do it. So think about how many people that could actually send an email without a portal like Gmail 
or create a website without, say, Wix or legal documents on DocuSign uh, or LegalZoom, things like that. So EtherParty does this for blockchain technology. So it sits on top of Ethereum and soon it'll sit on top of Bitcoin via Rootstock and allow, allow people to create smart contracts for anything from peer-to-peer -peer contracts, peer-to-peer -peer betting, token creation, crowdfunding, supply chain management, real estate, escrow, uh, and the list goes on. Um, everything that you can kind of do on Ethereum, but through an easy-to-use portal, which is EtherParty. Right. Go, so go ahead, Travis. There's a lot of different use cases. Yeah, a lot of different use cases you said. So peer-to-peer -peer escrow. I want to kind of go through each one of these use cases because I think that that might be valuable for, for the listener group. Because you're going, oh, I can create my own smart contract. Huh? <laughs> so yeah, what does that even mean? Like, let's let's go back for those that need a review. Remember, um, we don't want you to dumb it down for our audience. We want you to dumb it down for us because we're okay. still for Joel. We want you to dumb it down for Joel, especially for me. Derp. So go ahead and refresh us on what a smart contract it is. And then to Travis's question about some of the different contracts that EtherParty is going to be able to issue. Sure. So let's start with the blockchain and what the blockchain is pretty simply. The blockchain is a great place, the most secure place to store information. And that can be information of value, information of identity, uh, contractual information, land titles, anything like that. It, the blockchain is a great place to store and send information. And if you look at a smart contract, that is how we add instructions to that information and we get really granular to be able to tell it things to do. We can add specific uh, criterias, milestones, conditions to the contract uh, to get really specific for all the kind of needs that we do. And everything we do on the internet is really just sending, receiving, and storing information. So a smart contract lets you, to, lets you do that on the blockchain uh, in a very secure, efficient way that can always be uh, tracked and audited. What would be like the, if you were to make the simplest contract, the simplest illustration you could of a smart on contract? So those that are still going, mm, I kind of get it. What would it be? So the, the, the simplest, I guess, in, in my let's put it uh, simply. Has you guys down there, you guys ever send like an interact e-transfer, like sending money via the Internet through your bank account? Do you guys do that down there? Sure. Yeah, yeah, through my bank, I've done that, and even also through like Western Union type stuff, right? So, so uh, simply put, it could be a contract between two parties to send each other money, and the password could be the conditionality to for the person to accept that money. So, a smart contract can do this um, much faster, more efficient, more secure, and cheaper than you can through your bank account or through through Western Union. Simply put, um, another great example for for a smart contract would be like a supply chain. Ordering something, say, from, from eBay, when you order that, if you're in another country, it goes from, from the seller through, say, customs, through a warehouse, through a delivery person, and then to the receiver. Uh, and that takes time. It takes costs. And there's a lot, of, a lot of issues that can happen and a lot of things that can go wrong in that process. A smart contract can track all of that, can pay everybody involved, and make sure that your package gets there without any damage or it's the right one. And if it's not, a smart contract can, can kind of tell based on the way that you set the conditions into it where something with, went wrong with that package. So you can go right to that point and address that with the purchaser or the sender. Very interesting. I so there's, 
Yeah, yeah. So that, that that is interesting. So for one, I mean, if I if you had an agency or you were a consultant, you can basically create a little smart contract with your clients so they can easily pay you through through your token, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. So, I mean, one of the reasons why we uh, created EtherParty in the beginning was actually because we wanted to be able to automatically pay our developers when they when they were did the proper things. Like if they put in the proper code commits and everything on GitHub, we built an API that speaks to GitHub to make sure that the contractors did their jobs. And once they did, it would pay them out automatically. Mm, that's uh, but, beautiful. But simply, so one of the problems that a lot of people have in everyday life is contractor agreements. How many times have you heard that you hired a contractor to build something on your house or paint it and they didn't finish the job or they did a shitty job or you weren't really, really happy with it? Well, with a smart contract, you guys can agree on the scope of work, the milestones, conditions need to be met, and when payment is going to be released to the contractor, set all that in, deploy it. And, as, and also actually add your arbiters, so your oracles, we call them, people of truth to that contract. And if conditions aren't met, you don't lose your money. It stays in the, in the escrow in the smart contract. And then when the contractor finishes his job to the satisfaction or to the agreed terms, uh, that, that contractor get paid, gets paid. So everybody knows that, one, the job is going to get done to spec, and two, the contractor is going to get their money at the end of the day. Travis, mm-hmm. I want you to refer to me as the Oracle going forward, the person of truth. <laughs> Joel Oracle. 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 Nice. So EtherParty, as I'm looking at the site, and for those of you listening to the show, this is also a bad crypto extra that if you'll go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash bad crypto and also to our YouTube channel, Bad Crypto, you'll be able to see the after interview part that's visual where we'll be able to show you some screenshots so i'm looking at this and this is an application so when you say power of ethereum in the palm of your hand you're actually talking about an app on your smartphone yes actually it will be an app on your smartphone or usable but when we say application it's really like a almost like a dap a decentralized application that sits on top of the blockchain right now ethereum and soon bitcoin via rootstock Okay, so let's jump to some of, of uh, Travis's question about specifically some of the um, the uh, smart contract solutions that you'll be able to provide for. Right, I think you just covered the peer-to-peer escrow contracts. Right. That makes sense, right? And then uh, you covered some of the supply the chain supply management chain. one. What about so? What about maybe real estate agreements and token creation? And then we we created our own token called Badcoin, right? And yeah. The, and, and so we've been giving it away because we said, you know what, eh, do you sell it? What kind of legal you know, problems can you have on that? So, so maybe, maybe talk, touch base on the token creation. Somebody wants to create their own token. What kind of legal ramifications are around that, around them selling it? Or do they got to give it away? Or how does that, how does that even work? Right. So this is actually something that we've been in discussion with for quite some time. We're actually um, working with the regulators here in British Columbia and looking for a specific guidance. And we're ready to go and push that button when that guidance comes in. So right now we can simply create a token and there's there's certain easy human readable functionality that we put in the contract. And then on the back end, <clears throat> EtherParty will compile that, that contract. But right now there's no real guidance to say, okay, is this a security? 
If it is, this is how it should be modeled. Is this a debt instrument? If so, again, what are the, what are, what are the terms that we need to put on that? And then the other one is a utility token, like what we have uh, in EtherParty. It's a utility. It provides access to the platform and it works in-app as a currency. And then the fourth one is a currency, which needs to be modeled like that. Like I would say Bitcoin is used as a currency for that. So we're waiting for actually specific instructions on how to do that. So we have terms and conditions uh, that we've been working on with our legal team in Canada, Faskin Martineau, MME in Switzerland, and soon with uh, a firm in Gibraltar. Um, to basically put together proper legal structure and legal terms that will be associated with um, the token based on what it is. How similar so to um, the U.S. Uh, SEC, you know, how we test are, are the uh, regulations in Canada. For those that don't know, we'll be talking about the how we test probably a lot. And every time we're um, speaking with somebody having an ICO, this is uh, it's under a how we test is something that the uh, Supreme Court um, came up with to determine if something is an investment contract. And according to uh, this, how we test a transaction is an investment contract. If there's an investment of money, there's an expectation of profits from the investment. The investment of money is in a common enterprise, and any profit comes from the efforts of a promoter or third party. What's Canada's version of that? Um, it, it's very similar. But they, in BC here, they are taking a, a more liberal look at it, and we're kind of going through that. Because one thing that's not defined, and the Howey test is a, is a bit outdated, I think, for the yeah. digital space, where we need to we need to define a token as as something more because it can be something more. It doesn't have to be just um, an investment into a company uh, with an expectation of profit. So, if you take the utility token for example, you know you would be pre-selling your your tokens to future customers that add revenue to your platform or your, your project uh, that could give you a proper valuation in the real world. Right now, the only place outside of a company who's selling, selling their tokens where people, people on the outside can pick them up is an exchange. So if you look at the exchange as a marketplace, kind of like eBay for utility tokens, you can actually look at it as, okay, people are going to sell these tokens, which is access or uh, a vehicle to use the platform, on a marketplace and the trading back and forth is almost like the auctioning that they do in, in eBay. And that's not considered a security in that respect. We just don't have the platforms, the mechanisms yet in place to kind of determine that at this point. I don't know if that kind of helps you kind of see how we kind of modeled our token and everything like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, basically the world is still figuring this out right because it's all so new we're figuring this out travis what you got it's definitely definitely evolving so you know if you if you look at your your so you're ready to do your ico your ico looks like it's kicking off in 17 days from now where we're recording it so september 15th is when that is is being kicked off and i'm looking at your page there and that and then in the notes it's going to be in the show notes here ico.etherparty.io and it says you can look forward to drag and drop a contract creator a mobile app multi-blockchain integration and smart contract library and marketplace what do you mean by multi-blockchain integration is that what you're talking about you're going to be on ETH, you're going to be on ethereum and you're going to be on blockchain through the rootstock thing that's correct. And we've been approached by multiple other blockchains um, saying, hey, guys, really like what you're doing. How about launching on, on our blockchain? And reason being is blockchains need people to, to build on them to, one, 
prove out their use case, uh, continue making them stronger, more secure via the redundancy. And it, to have a portal to the blockchain, which makes it easy to use, is something very valuable to any blockchain. No matter no matter what it, what it's doing, they need to be uh, you know it needs to speak to the mainstream. It can't just kind of sit in the in the darkness of the programmers and coders, and, and that's all that can use it. And you've got you know one of the things I really like about um, your site is it's fun, right? Bad crypto <laughs> podcast is kind of this you know eccentric, unusual show about crypto. We're definitely unorthodox, and your site is a little unorthodox for a uh, a token presentation. You've got balloons and party hats and confetti. So how did you, how did you come up you know with Eco Party? What's the vibe behind this? That that's that's that the name. Oh, what's the, the fuel? What's the fuel behind this? Oh, <laughs> so so actually, our founder Lisa Chang, she uh, she came up with the name Ether Party uh, as a fun concept uh, that kind of spoke to the, kind of the first version of Ether Party back in 2015, um, and the party hats and the design and stuff. That's that's kind of kind of uh, kind of Lisa. She she kind of did that and kind of led that creative uh, creative vibe there. You know, it, it's almost like, hey, we're finally ready to launch. This is a party. We're gonna we're gonna open this up to everybody. Now, not just just you know, a small amount of people are gonna be able to use blockchain technology. Everybody's welcome. Yeah, that's great. I have a question around this because we've had some conversations with folks who are trying to create their own ICO, right? And they're and they're trying to figure out the the tokenomics or the economics around their token and how they're doing their ICO. And I really liked at, at how you guys had the simplification of how you did it. You said, look. The first week, it's going to be 3,000 fuel tokens for one Ethereum. Week two, 2250 fuel tokens for one Ethereum. Week three, if you get in, it's going to be 1,700 fuel tokens for one Ethereum. And week four, 1,275 fuel tokens for one Ethereum. How did you guys come up with the math behind that? And is it, do you have an unlimited, or what's the limit behind those on each week? And if you reach that cap, does it stop for that week? Or how do you have that set up? Right. So we, we based the model on roughly uh, 10 cents US USD per Ether. I was roughly around 300 when we, we made that mock-up. Um, we will try to get close to that. And then it, the price increases basically 25% week after week. There is no max. It could sell out in the first week if, if mm-hmm. it was that busy. Uh, there's no there's no like kind of tranche, like here's how many we're going to sell in this tranche and here's how many in that tranche. We're trying to be as fair as possible. Um, with the Vambex Group, we've done a lot of ICOs in the past. Um, we professionalized the model back in 2014. Lisa Chang, our founder, she worked on the first ICO ever with MasterCoin in 2013. And and we, we were very entrenched with the community. So we, we really want to try to do things um, that are going to be accepted by all. Uh, community members, outside contributors, uh, and something that people can understand. Uh, in case it wasn't clear, fuel is the name of your token. This is the in-app currency that is the fuel behind the platform, right? In order to utilize the platform, you're going to need this token. Yeah, which I think is the coolest one that I've heard so far. Fuel, that's perfect. <laughs> Aside from maybe cool. Neo's gas. Yeah, gas. Neo's got gas. Either party's got fuel. Put the two of them together. It could oh, be combustible. Boom. Yeah. So yeah, there's no billion um, fuel tokens. Is that correct? That's correct. One, one billion, billion tokens. So um, basically, um, the way that it works is 800 million are going to be available for the total sale. 20% is staying on the platform. Uh, 10% of that is used to incentivize kind of the community, people, 
enterprise adopters. So um, just for instance, we just closed accepting 500 people for our beta that's going to start next week. Um, and they'll be incentivized by kind of using the platform, playing with it, and giving us feedback and answering questions to kind of help us make EtherParty better. Um, and we'll incentivize them for that. 5% is going to our amazing staff at EtherParty. Um, they will be locked for six months so that they can't really sell them or anything like that. And the other 5% will be staying on the platform where they will be sold at a, a minimum of one US dollar or the highest traded price um, when, when it hits the market, things like that, just so there's no arbitrage opportunity. Very cool. So you can go and view this at ico.etherparty.io. The investor deck is there. The white paper is there. Uh, the countdown to launch is there. Uh, one quick question about US residents. Is there any limitations on the ICO for them or how, how, how are they able to be part of this? So they are able to be part of this um, as, as we are a utility token and not kind of uh, defined as a security. So our, our lawyers have said, hey, it's kind of open for everybody. You don't need to exclude anybody. So um, so that's kind of how we're doing it. It was a long process with the lawyers before we were able to launch this, uh, this sale. Yeah, there's going to be, <laughs> as we present ICOs to you, our listeners, some of them are not going to be available to U.S. residents, but we've got listeners all over the world. In fact, in 125 countries. And those of you nice. in the U.S. should still pay attention to the um, the ICOs that we're speaking with because after the ICO, these tokens will then be available on exchanges, which it's my understanding at that point, you can trade them legally. Is that correct? Uh, well, the, the exchanges and the trading and stuff like that is still something that I think um, regulatory-wise is, is up in the air um, that we, we don't really know. So recently, the IRS came down on, uh, on Coinbase asking for their users and their traders. And I think it's more uh, along the lines of tax purposes than, than legality that they're looking at it right now. So it's still something to keep your eyes on. If you are going to buy cryptocurrency, make sure that you understand kind of the rules in, in your jurisdiction and everything that uh, that goes along with that. Excellent disclaimer to go along with Love our standard it. disclaimer that this show is for <laughs> entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Don't listen to anything Travis and I say because we're complete morons. So uh, do your own due diligence. Uh, Kevin knows a lot more about this industry than we do, which is why we're glad to have him here. Yeah. When the token does live, on exchanges, it'll be F-U-E-L, right? Fuel? Yes, that's correct. Yes. Very nice. How long, actually, I'm curious about this. How long have you been in the uh, the blockchain crypto space? Since you saw it, 2013? So, uh, no, Lisa started the company in 2013. Uh, I joined in 2015. Very I, cool. I yeah. You were a later to the Ether party. but I was, I was. Still, yeah. um, still early enough. And I know people are going to have questions about participating in ICOs, and we can't answer them all here. But um, if you'll go to the site, you'll see down at the bottom of the page, helpful resources, and it links to two places um, that you can choose from that are where you will fund an ICO. One of them is called Through MetaMask. Another one is My Ether Wallet. And perhaps uh, Travis will have to do a tutorial on using one or both of those in the future. Absolutely. Good stuff. 
Uh, Kevin Hobbs, CEO of uh, Van Beck's group and the leader of the Ether Party team, the ICO. Um, if you are listening before September 15th, well, there's time. If you're listening after, there's time as well. In fact, how long is uh, can it go on for if it doesn't sell out you know, right away? Uh, we're planning to end it on October 15th, so okay. one month. So September 15th to October 15th, unless it sells out first, in which case then you'll want to watch to see uh, which exchanges adopt the fuel token. And uh, finally, Kevin, where's the best place for people to connect with you socially? Um, so our Telegram chat is, uh, is really busy. So look at the Ether Party Telegram or Slack channels. So we're, we're pretty active in those. So look for Ether Party on Slack or Ether Party on Telegram. Travis, we've really gotten used to Slack and Telegram, haven't we? Yeah, we've been all over those. They're, uh, it's a pretty amazing way to, to reach out to uh, the, the leaders in these companies because they're, they're hanging out in these uh, Slack and Telegram groups. Uh, Kevin, yeah. I just want to say thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time with us and explaining what's going on over there at Ether Party and, and congrats to all your success over there at the Van Bex group. You guys are killing it in the blockchain space, and uh, we're just excited to know you. Hey, thanks, Travis. Thanks, Joel. Really appreciate the interview, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Really love it. Thanks, guys. Excellent. And those of you listening to the show, you might want to hop over to YouTube or our Facebook channel because we're going to do some screen sharing right now for the Bad Crypto Extra. But for those of you just listening, this interview is over. All right. Thank you so much to Kevin Hobbs, CEO of Van Bex and the founder of Ether Party. That is etherparty.io. Great interview. Really, really appreciate him jumping on there. That looks, it's pretty fascinating what you can do with all of this stuff. It's a financial party, you guys. Yeah. So that's great. So thank you again. Uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. It's been amazing. This is, what, episode 19 already, and you guys are great for sticking in and listening and tuning in every week, or every episode, two or three times a week. We're killing it on this. And if you love your friends and family members, tell them about the show. And remember, every time you share the Bad Crypto Podcast, a kitten smiles. That's true. And you know what? It's great. You guys are doing a great job on this because we're up to like almost 130 different countries that we're in that people are listening to us. And I was looking at the, looking at the statistics here. It's like Canada, you know, X amount, and then Netherlands, and then other regions. And I read it as nether regions. Like, wow, <laughs> That's we got the Bad Crypto Podcast <laughs> available in your nether regions and if there wasn't ever a reason to listen that would be it and so until next time stay bad who's bad the Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. <laughs> That's funny. The nether regions. <laughs>